Well, uh, dear brothers, uh, this is uh, a special fellowship that we're having uh, uh, tonight. Uh, whether this is a one time or we'll have a follow up fellowship, we will see. But um, uh, the meeting is a the result of uh, some fellowship uh, some brothers have been having. Uh, regarding uh, our consideration of um, not only uh, of the days that we're in right now in a lockdown situation, but even with um, the consideration of uh, the post-pandemic or the post-COVID-19 days. Now, uh, truth be told, nobody knows um, how things are going to uh, develop uh, related to the um, this uh, health crisis. And uh, today we had some, the co-workers in North America had some fellowship and uh, we posed a question to some of the brothers who are physicians. Um, they, uh, they don't know, actually no one knows, of course, the president of the country has uh, uh, set in motion a kind of a, a warp speed project to develop a vaccine um, against this uh, contagion. And uh, <clears throat> but the human beings can only work so fast; uh, even they're racing against the clock. Uh, to to develop a such a um, therapy, and um, um, even if they would find and discover something that works, uh, how to um, mass produce it, how to uh, uh, ship it, how to offer it to the uh, population uh, on the earth, that itself is a would take months and months. Um, and so we don't know, but we know the logic, logically speaking, <clears throat> no matter how fast uh, these scientists and experts are working on, on this vaccine, it's going to take some time for it to be uh, fully useful or uh, commercialized. So, um, um, and now with all the, um, the riots and unrest, uh, uh, and uh, even before that, uh, people are kind of uh, breaking the rules or they, they couldn't wait to um, come back to a more normal uh, social environment that they're accustomed to being human. Um, that the danger exists, and indeed it has happened in certain other parts of the world for a recurrence or resurgence uh, of the uh, of the virus and um, and so they talk about wave two, a second wave or even beyond and so brothers, uh, all this is to tell us uh, things are still we 're still in a great deal of uncertainty. Um, and no one really knows what's going to happen next. Uh, we've never been down this path before, 
and uh, we still need to have our guard up. And so uh, specifically, we're talking about the church life and the church meetings. Uh, what will happen? I know some places are uh, thinking about coming together in the meeting hall or in the homes or in small groups face-to-face uh, now. And, of course, th- there's, um, 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 there's a geographic factor and, you know, there's certain places in the country or counties or cities where uh, they have... Um, 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 it's supposedly much safer because they don't have the number of infection or infected cases uh, and uh, nor deaths as a result of of this virus. And so um, they are the government, the, the agent, governmental agency in those places are now actually opening everything up like like right away. So this varies from place to place, but as a rule, in many of the uh, larger metropolitan areas uh, or states, including California, uh, I think uh, we're, we're absolutely uh, uh, not out of the, uh, the woods uh, by a long shot. Um, uh, in, I think we're one of the places where the numbers still are climbing. Um, and so... Brothers, we, we, we really don't know. And, but we're not here just to talk about how we should meet, you know, in the hall or by Zoom or what. Uh, that will come and we, the brothers, uh, all you brothers who are bearing burdens in the churches and bearing responsibility, it really falls on you to uh, be educated, be updated, and not... Uh, presume anything uh, or not even presume that you know what is going on by listening to to cnn or 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 uh, reading something on the internet um, you need to some expert advice and whether it's cdc whether it's um, uh, the the government local governments where you are uh, or even some of the expert advice uh, of doctors both in and out of the recovery. So uh, we, we should not be cavalier, brothers. I, I really say this as a bit of a warning to all of us because the life of the saints are at stake, the health of the saints are at stake. We cannot so quickly and easily uh, make a decision. So in any event, I would say the slow way is the, is the safe way uh, and the cautious way or the conservative way is the wiser way to go. Uh, I hope that there will be a lot of fellowship among us, um, uh, not that we copy one another, even within Northern California. There are many localities in different conditions and different sizes and, and uh, in different parts of, uh, of, of the state. So, but I am saying that uh, we should uh, err on the, on the safer side, on the conservative side, um, and um, I mean, just to fulfill our responsibility as as overseers. Um, now, we uh, I'm uh, tonight. I don't even want to just major on this or talk about this. Um, when I say uh, considering post-COVID, uh, post-pandemic, I'm talking about really, brothers, uh, of looking forward again. 
uh, inquiring of the Lord that in the uh, uh, in our realm, which is the spiritual realm, which is the church realm, which is the uh, even the divine and mystical realm um, uh, of the Lord's recovery, what should we do? We, uh, I think, uh, n- none of us should should have the thought that well we're going back to normal. Uh, we just pass through the, what we need to pass through. The USA is strong, resilient. We pass through all manners of uh, of uh, crises and and challenges and uh, and uh, disasters uh, over the decades and centuries. We're going to pass through this one, and we're going to be okay. Well, I share your, in a way, I share your optimism because I'm a believer in uh, the Lord's uh, hand with this country, um, the Lord's uh, protection of this country, the Lord's need to still use this country for his purpose and for his move on the earth. I, in that sense, I'm with you. Um, but uh, we all, uh, if we are sober, will agree that this time, uh, the confluence of factors of things that are taking place makes this uh, uh, makes uh, this uh, the turmoil of these uh, times that we're going through very very special, uh, even a bit uh, very unusual, if not strange. Um, we cannot, simply cannot pass through these times, these days, and uh, and emerge the same. I think this is not only a wrong expectation, I would say this is a wrong aspiration. A wrong aspiration. Our aspirations should be much higher than this. Much higher than this. And that is to have the prayer, Lord, you must be doing something. You must be doing something to allow all these things to take place. But Lord, what is it? What is it that you want to do? That is actually my prayer day and night. I can I can testify to you day and night. Because for me, it is not just about even Irvine, or my church, or or region like Northern California, um, along with the brothers, I bear the burden of the whole earth, this country. And that is very, very serious business, brothers, uh, to misguide God's people, to mislead God's people um, in, this, uh, in, this, uh, 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 in this journey. And so um, the word, again, 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 I keep uh, coming back to about knowing the times is uh, exceedingly uh, important uh, nowadays. Uh, and you as leading brothers in your locality, likewise, at least there's a flock under your care. At least there's some churches in your cluster. What should you do? Where are we going anyway? What is the Lord's mind? What does he want to gain out of all of this? We can't simply cannot be indifferent to this uh, to this issue, we cannot be uh, just um, um, cavalier, I would say, and uh, and careless about this, brothers. We need to earnestly pray. You, you, and I, we need to earnestly pray as leading brothers, as 
as true leading brothers and seek the Lord's mind in how we should shepherd the flock of God. So this verse is still uh, is uh, reverberating all the time within me uh, in First uh, Chronicles uh, 12, uh, 12 uh, 32. I might have mentioned it here and there in our other times uh, of uh, talks. And uh, it says, uh, and of the children of Issachar, uh, Issachar, uh, this is in the Old Testament, of course, men who understood the times, men who understood the times, that they might know what Israel should do. You, did you hear me? Uh, men who understand the times, that they may know what Israel should do. Brothers, we should all be the present-day Issachar, mighty men. You know, this is in the middle of a description of all of David's mighty men. And to be leading brothers, we ought to be one of those mighty men. And we should, we should be today's Issachars, those men who understand the times. Brothers, do you understand the times? And uh, that we may know what Israel should do, that we may know what the church should do. Do we know? And if we don't, we need to pray like Daniel. That's what made Daniel so special. He prayed for insight. He prayed for understanding. He prayed for uh, visions of God's plan. Um, and, and God uh, granted that to him. So, um, so he knew. Of course, in the case of Daniel, he knew more than just his times. Eventually, God gave to him, uh, responded to his call far beyond what he prayed for, and that is God gave him the view or the vision of even the end times, the end of this age, uh, way beyond uh, his, uh, the time of, uh, of his life, uh, in the case of Daniel. And that kind of uh, understanding, that kind of insight is very, very important for us to know what way we should take. Uh, I am just uh, very concerned that we are uh, careless. We we are uh, uneducated. We are um, not burdened about these things. You know, we just still do the average normal kind of thing in our church life. No, these are special times. It calls for all of us to know what is in the Lord's mind and what he's doing. I'm still seeking this, but... Whatever happened in the last 60 or more days or um, uh, 60 to, to, to 90 days uh, since the pandemic hit our shores here, here in the U.S., I've been seeking. And I must also testify to you, although I cannot uh, so assuredly say that I know. I know what the Lord is doing. I know the Lord's mind. I don't think any one of us have that kind of bonus. But in another way, I must, even looking back in the last 90 days, I am full of worship to the Lord. That uh, through our fellowship, through our prayer, the Lord has granted us a certain kind of feeling and direction that we uh, took 
to direct the Lord's recovery, the churches. For example, I think the most clear direction that the Lord gave us is in this matter of intercessory prayer. Do not think that is just a flow, that is just some kind of a movement, uh, just because of the times. These are bad times, we all need to pray. No, no. I certainly don't feel that way. I feel the Lord spoke to us. The Lord touched us. The Lord revealed to us something on his heart in just how the church ought to cooperate with him in even in the uh, world situation that he sovereignly allowed, uh, including this uh, pandemic, including uh, all the other things that are taking place in the world, And that is church. He's saying church, local churches, uh, the Lord's recovery, the saints. I need you to pray. I need you to pray now. This is the time to pray. This is a time that you're locked down. You cannot do this. You cannot do that. You cannot even meet physically. But you can pray. Prayer is not limited by our physical meeting. Prayer is not limited by space and time. Prayer um, uh, overcomes all these things. If we're in the spirit, if we are touching the throne, that means touching the third heavens. If we're one with Christ, if we are at the incense altar before the propitiatory cover, if we are truly mingled with with this interceding Christ who is above and within us, brothers, we transcend over time and space. We can carry on with what the Lord really wants us to do. So I am very thankful to the Lord. I worship the Lord for leading us in these last 60 days, in the month, uh, months of March and April, The whole earth, all the saints, all the churches, or as many as possible, to enter into a new, a fresh, maybe like never before, into the ministry of prayer, in to build up a life of prayer, to fulfill perhaps the most significant and the highest obligation of the church of God on the earth, and that is the obligation of prayer. That is the ministry of intercession. Brothers, if we have, by his mercy, enter into that to some degree, I would say that this all that is happening has not been wasted. So the word is again and again in these days, are we, are we, seizing the opportunity? Are we redeeming the time? Or are we just sitting there waiting for this storm to pass and then return to normal? I don't know, brothers. You have to answer that question yourself. I cannot be the same after this personally. Even personally, I cannot be the same after this, this, uh, this uh, pandemic. And it's not hardly over yet. It may be that uh, some of us older ones or some of us who are more the vulnerable uh, segment of the population, some of us have underlying health issues, 
our lockdown may continue through the end of this year. Don't, don't think that is not going to happen. It is quite possible that will happen. Then what? Then we're just stuck at home for another six months doing what? Brothers, we can pray. We can pray. Prayer will do what? Do a lot more than our work, than our even physical work. I'm not saying that is not important. I'm not saying the church meetings are not important. But brothers, something is much higher, much deeper, much greater. And if we have not discovered this by now in these 60 to 90 days, then brothers, I feel we have missed something. We have really missed something. We really missed an opportunity. So I call on you, 250 brothers in Northern California, with whom I have spent a lot of time the last five years, at least. I call on you. I'm issuing a call to you. Don't be, don't, don't, don't just wait. Rise up. It's not too late. Rise up now to join the ranks of this praying and interceding army, to join with the Lord. And I tell you right now, the need for prayer is more than 60 days ago. More than 60 days ago. I just talked to the brothers this afternoon of a confluence of factors that this country is now facing. Each one of them is, uh, uh, um, uh, presents a, a real and present danger to the USA. Um, I don't know whether I would should say this is an ex- existential threat to this country, but in a very good sense, I will, uh, 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 strict sense, I would like to tell you, I think, I believe that darkness, the force of darkness, the principalities and powers in the air are what? Are all out to do something within and something from without to unnerve this country, to destabilize this country, to weaken the United States, to cause uh, unrest and panic and, and turmoil continuously in this nation. Why? So that this nation cannot function as it should function to lead the world, to lead the world so that the world can have a semblance of peace and, and, and a degree of, um, of, um, of um, um, uh, normality and, and, and security uh, so that this, uh, uh, the Lord, uh, human beings can still exist and so that the Lord can carry out what he wants to carry out in some relative tranquility. Brothers, this country has played that role since World War II, the end of World War II. And I believe this is not going to end anytime soon. But the forces, the dark forces, Satan himself for sure knows that. So firstly, you have already this country in a deep ideological and political divide, the likes of which we have not seen, not seen in the history of this country, maybe except for the Civil War. And then the pandemic hits. We have passed 100,000 um, uh, casualties. And then, um, and, and with no end in sight at the moment. And then we have 
a recession. I don't even know that is even the right word. A financial crisis on our hands. Look at the number of unemployment as a percentage of the workforce of the population of of uh, of the U.S. Look at the uh, um, uh, the deficit that this uh, 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 we are plunged into this country because of all the stimulus and all the money we have to give uh, to um, so to speak prop things up and. Uh, um, and all of this, all of this is exceedingly, exceedingly serious. Uh, um, uh, it is not the same as 12 years ago in the last uh, recession. But, uh, brothers, this is a new one that we are just learning how to grapple with it. And finance and economy affects everything, socially, politically, in every way. And so there will be reverberation in other parts of the um, of the uh, country systems and on the on the people. Now, as if that is on, not enough, we have this social unrest. Uh, I must tell you, this is now more than just uh, the the uh, uh, wrong and uh, condemnable killing of uh, of um, uh, of. Um, that man in Minneapolis, uh, um, um, but it is have gone beyond that. Certain forces have, uh, have are now trying to subvert that, um, uh, to commandeer that, to take this into a different direction, and that is to cause anarchy, to cause chaos, um, uh, to sow deep unrest um, uh, in society. It is a frontal attack on civil society in America. And now it's even spreading across the world. Brothers, brothers, I will tell you that if our eyes are open to have some view of what's going on, we cannot sleep so easily at night. What can we do, brothers? I would say again, we can pray. Maybe we cannot do this or that to help the situation. But we can pray. I told a brother, I said, God has not called us to go and change society, to change the world, to change the system. We're not called to do this. We're called to do something more more important. That is to intercede and pray as watchmen on the wall. While the things are going on out there, we should be praying. We should be praying. The church should be praying. We should be praying more than 90 days ago, not less. I hope so, brothers. We should devote much of our days to prayer. I am very busy because of this pandemic, more busy than ever before. Talks, conferences, trainings, it's almost nonstop. But the Lord touched me. Is that. Is that what you're just what you're doing? These are important things, but these are not the first thing. The first of all, the first thing to do is what? Is to pray. Is to pray. You need to pray first and not do these things first. Prayer will affect the whole environment more than anything. Prayer will affect the world situation more than anything. 
Someone on the earth has to join with Christ, the administrator of this universe and especially of this earth. He can, of course, he is the King of King and Lord of Lords. He is the leader. The government is on his shoulders. He he can do all these things, but in principle, he needs some on the earth to pray with him. Or else he cannot carry out what he wants to carry out. Brothers, I'm calling us again, calling us again, brothers, to pray in these days. Pray more and pray with understanding and pray with insight. Pray the strategic prayers, not just the little prayers, as Brother Nisei, pray pray the big prayers, things that relate to his mood, to his will, to his purpose, to his economy, to his will and to his kingdom. Pray those prayers, brothers. Now, uh, today, tonight, I still like to uh, say something uh, somewhat in preparation of the coming days, but actually I'm speak to, speaking to our situation even right now in these so-called lockdown times. I'm talking about, brothers, how should we go on to build up the churches? How should we go on to build up the body of Christ? How should we do this? Well, uh, I don't have the time because this matter takes a lot of development. I would just like to say that these days, this matter of Jerusalem and Zion, you know, these two things, Jerusalem and Zion, has become very, very fresh to me. If you read the Old Testament, even in some places in the New Testament, you'll find that these two uh, uh, locales or these two places, these two names are related, of course, and are often mentioned in the same breath. Jerusalem and Zion. Among the Old Testament types, you have Jerusalem as the city of God, but you also have within that city, within that city, a peak, a mountain, and that would be called Zion. And on that Zion, on that Zion, which is where uh, Abraham offered up Isaac, am I right? And this is the place where the temple is built. So, the, whereas Jerusalem speaks, about, speaks of the kingdom of God, that realm that God rules. But within that, you need to have a peak, a high peak, a high peak in this kingdom, and that would be called Zion. And it is on this peak that the temple, the dwelling place of God, the rest, the rest and satisfaction of Jehovah is built. These two things are critical, crucial. If you want to study the types, if you the greatest types, if you want to study prophecy, you need to know Jerusalem and Zion. Now tonight I'm not here to get into all of these, but let me simply put it 
that Jerusalem is the circumference and Zion is the very center of this circumference. And all of God's will and God's purpose is wrapped up with these two, Zion and Jerusalem. If you want to know how God is doing in the Old Testament, check the condition of Zion and Jerusalem, and you will know. And today, in type, uh, in the fulfillment of types, what is Jerusalem and what is Zion? I will just be very, very simple. Jerusalem is a type of the church, the church of God, the general church of God that includes all the believers of God. Whereas Zion, the high peak in Jerusalem, within Jerusalem, is a type of the overcomers, the normal, up to standard, vital, living, serving, bodybuilding members of the church. And this principle of the overcomers has been there since the very beginning of the Bible. And we have no time to get into this matter of the overcomers. I gave message five on the overcomers, the age-turning instruments of God that God needs today. In fact, God needed throughout time, throughout the millennia, throughout the centuries, beginning with the Old Testament uh, Israel and down to now the New Testament church. The principle is the same, and that is Jerusalem failed. The church failed. And in that failure, in that degradation, in that corruption, God had to, in a way, give up on his hopes and his dependency and reliance on Jerusalem to carry out his purpose. He has to rely on something in the middle of that, in the center of that. And that is the peak of the church, the peak of Jerusalem, and that would be Mount Zion. And these are the overcomers. So at the end, uh, in, in the book of Revelation, chapters 2 and 3, in those seven epistles um, written down by John and delivered to the churches in, in Asia, you'll find the Spirit spoke at the end of every epistle, he who overcomes, he who overcomes. Almost, you can say, those epistles are not written to the churches, but to the overcomers, almost. Of course, the Lord is calling for overcomers from the midst of the church because the overcomers come out of the church and are part of the church. But they are not the same as the church. They are the stronger part. They are the vital part. They are the victorious part. They are the normal part. They are the up-to-standard part of the church because the church had fallen and become desolate and has been brought into captivity. So today, brothers, you say, why are you talking about this? Aren't you going to tell us how we build up the churches? I'm here going to tell you. 
And that is today in the church of God and in every local church, the principle is the same. In every local church, you cannot ex- which is Jerusalem, you, can ex- you cannot expect all the saints to overcome. Now, I am not promoting elitism, all right? I am not here to, to, uh, to say we need a few, just a few strong men and uh, all the saints are useless. I'm not saying that. We need to shepherd all of God's people and care for them. But I am saying, according to this principle, and Brother Lee even say the Lord's recovery is to build up Zion. In a way, we're not here to even build up Jerusalem. We're here to build up Zion, the stronger part of Jerusalem, to fulfill God's purpose. And that part, that part is the body, built up body. That part is the prepared and adorned bride. That part is that fighting warrior and army of, of Christ. That overcoming part is, in principle, part of that man-child in Revelation 12 that Satan is scared of, that Satan wants to devour. He's not afraid of the woman. He's afraid of that man-child being delivered because that will spell his end and that will spell the coming of the kingdom of Christ. Today, brothers and sisters, actually the Lord's recovery should be Zion in spirit, in principle. The Lord's recovery exists not to be Jerusalem, not just to be another church, not to be part of Christianity. The Lord called the Lord's recovery to embrace the spirit, to have the spirit of the overcomers. This began with Watchman Nee and continue with Witness Lee. And it cannot stop with us, brothers. Why are we here in the Lord's recovery? Why are we not just be part of Christianity? Why have been, we been blessed with so much truth, even high peak truths? What for? So that we can be more spiritual? Is that, is that it? No, brothers, the Lord's recovery, the spirit of the Lord's recovery is to build up Zion. Build up the high peak of Zion. To build up that part of that collective overcoming unit to carry out God's economy in this age. To build up the body and to destroy the enemy. To destroy Satan. That's what we're here for. That's what the Lord's recovery is about. So how do we go on, brothers? By the way, in the new heaven and the new earth, there is only going to be just the new Jerusalem. There won't be a new Zion. You know why? Because by that time, all of God's children will be overcomers after the thousand years of millennium. So there's no need for Zion. The entire New Jerusalem is on a golden mountain. 
Jerusalem and Zion has become one and the same. But we're not there yet. We're not there yet. Today, the need is for Zion to take the place of Jerusalem, to stand, to fight on behalf of Jerusalem, to fulfill God's economy. So in the last days, in the 1990s, Brother Lee gave a lot of speaking along this line. (coughs) I can tell you two books that you can read. One is The Practice of the Vital Groups. (coughs) Excuse me. Uh, uh, What is it? It's not just the word practice. Let me take a look here. (coughs) The Training and Practice of the Vital Groups. Go to read that, especially the first part of the book. He's talking about the vital groups. He said the vital groups are the vital groups. The vital groups are the overcomers. The vital groups are Zion. That's what he said. This book is the second of the three volumes of the vital group training series. This is book two. Please go and take a look at it. He was not just training some some, uh, vital group people. He was training overcomers. That's what Brother Lee was looking at. Those would overcome deadness, worldliness, lukewarmness, barrenness, to become vitalized, to become normal functioning members of the body, to build up that core, that living core of a local church. And that living core called Zion is the highlight of Jerusalem. It is the peak of Jerusalem. It is the life of Jerusalem. It is the factor of blessing of Jerusalem. How Jerusalem will be depends on Zion. It is the enriching, the strengthening of Jerusalem. I'd like to just read this to you. I'd just like to read this to you, if you don't mind. Uh, This is the ministry's word. And I, even as I'm speaking now, brothers, I feel we need to continue this fellowship somehow before I get to get into more of a practical application of these things. But tonight, I think we need to establish the base, the base, basic understanding. Let me read to you Brother Lee's words in 1994 or thereabouts. The church life is the right place for you to be an overcomer. But this does not mean that as long as you're in the church life, you are an overcomer. It's not automatic. It is one thing to be in the church life. It is another thing to be an overcomer in the church life. My dear brothers, if no one else would aspire to be an overcomer in the church, you and I should. As leading brothers, as responsible ones, as serving brothers, if we don't overcome, then what are we doing? 
we're just doing the routine, mundane, ordinary work of Jerusalem. We've not taken upon ourselves the commission, the task of Zion to lift up Jerusalem, to establish Jerusalem. By the way, in the Old Testament, when Jerusalem is mentioned, frequently is associated with the negative, the failure, the defeat, the captivity. But whenever Zion is mentioned in, the, in Psalms, in, in different books, always it is something positive. Let me go on. In the Old Testament, there was the city of Jerusalem with Zion as the center. Jerusalem was built on a mountain range. Mount Zion was one of the mountains on which Jerusalem was built. Zion is the center, and Jerusalem is the circumference. The church life is today's Jerusalem. Within the church life, there must be a group of overcomers, and those overcomers are today's Zion. According to Revelation 14, the overcomers are standing on Mount Zion with the Lord. The first fruits, those virgins, followers of the Lamb, the overcomers. They're standing not in Jerusalem, not even in the heavenly Jerusalem. There is a heavenly Jerusalem today. But no, they're standing on the peak of that, Mount Zion, where the presence of the Lord is. That's where God dwells. Actually, in typology, the overcomers are today Zion. Then in the last two chapters of Revelation, there is the new Jerusalem. Without Zion, the overcomers, Jerusalem, the church life, cannot be kept and maintained. This is true even in our midst. We're, we, we are, next year will be 100 years in the Lord's recovery. And these 100 years have been kept and maintained not by the general church, church life, but by the overcomers in those church lives. That's how the Lord's recovery has been kept and maintained until today. It is the same now. Zion is the high peak, the center, the uplifting, the strengthening, the enriching, and the reality of the church, the holy city. If there are no overcomers in a local church, that church is like Jerusalem without Zion. Did you hear that? If there's, there's no overcomers in your church, that means your church is simply a Jerusalem, bonafide, but a Jerusalem void of Zion. No Zion there, no peak there. There are some churches like this today, so they are, listen, weak churches. I'm going to get into this in the practical implementation. They are weak churches. Why are churches weak? Why are local churches weak? Because there's no Zion. There's a shortage of overcomers. A local church must have some overcomers, and these overcomers are the peak and the center of that local church. They are the uplifting, the strengthening, the enriching, and the reality of that local church. 
If you take away these overcomers from the local church, that local church becomes like a flat tire. The flat tire, that means it is, it has no pneuma, it is denumatized. It has no spirit, it has no air, it doesn't fly. The full-time training is for producing of the overcomers. I am so sad and ashamed to know or when I hear of FTT graduates now actually turning away from the Lord, going the way of the world. I feel so sad as a part of the trainers that we have not done our job adequately to produce overcomers. Thank the Lord there are many who are. Once a church has become full-time, uh, once a church has some full-time workers as overcomers, that church is like Jerusalem with the peak of Zion. The overcomers are Zion, as Zion are the highlight, the center, and the reality of the church. If you would indulge me, I would like to continue to read something more. These are powerful words. Two, three, four years before Brother Lee passed away. The overcomers as today's Zion are for the consummation of the holy city, the church. Zion is not for itself. Zion is dedicated to Jerusalem. Zion exists for Jerusalem. Zion is there to consummate Jerusalem. So we're not here for ourselves. We're not even here for our own overcoming. We're here to consummate the church as the new Jerusalem. They are to consummate to finish the building up of the local church and to bring in the consummated new Jerusalem in eternity. In order to complete the building up of the body, the Lord needs the overcomers. And the building up of the body consummates the new Jerusalem. This is why at the end of the Bible, in the last book, there is the calling for the overcomers. Today, the way to become vitalized is to answer the Lord's call to be an overcomer. Underscore that. Today, the way to become vitalized is to answer the Lord's call to be an overcomer. It's that simple. You say, Lord, I want to be vitalized. I want to be vital. Here's a way. Answer the Lord's call and say, I will be an overcomer. It's not too much to say this. I say this. I will be an overcomer. The Lord has a need. And he vitalizes me. There are two ways before us today. We can either choose to be vitalized or choose not to be vitalized. I'm presenting these two ways before you. Which way will you take? Are we going to be vitalized or not? We have to make a resolution. In Judges 5.15, Deborah said, among the divisions of Reuben, there were great resolutions in heart. 
We have to make a resolution to be the overcomers, the vitalized ones. An overcomer overcomes anything that replaces Christ or that is against Christ. In the Bible, there is the age of the overcomers and there is the calling for the overcomers. Pay attention. The age of the overcomers and the calling for the overcomers. Furthermore, there is the way for us to be vitalized so that we can be the overcomers. We cannot say there's no way to be an overcomer. Yes, this involves a price to be an overcomer. You have to stand in the place of death. You have to stand in River Jordan. But we stand there for a reason, so that the entire Israel can pass over that river. That's why we're standing there, in that place of death, of termination. We have to pay a price, because if we take this way, we will be persecuted. We will suffer, and indeed many overcomers even yielded their physical life in the end to be martyred. They overcame him by the blood of the Lamb, the word of the testimony, and they don't love their soul life unto death. Those are the characteristics of an overcomer. Martyrdom is not only physical. I mentioned in my message in in Memorial Day weekend, it is psychological. It can even be spiritual. Whatever the case may be, we die to live. We are witnesses of Christ, martyrs of Christ, in order to conquer and overcome. And we do that for the sake of the whole of Jerusalem, for the whole of the church. Today, clearly the Lord is not seeking, looking for everyone to be an overcomer because that will not happen. He's looking still for a small number. 144,000, so to speak. A small number in every local church in the Lord's recovery to be those overcomers. Those who would live the God-man life. Those who would work out these wonderful revelations and truths. Those who would fight, pray, defeat his enemy. Those who would stand faithfully like Antipas against everything for his testimony. Brothers, this is a great, great calling. And I cannot think of any better way, any better way to fulfill that than to pray. So tonight, the question How do we build up a local church? I would say the way to build up the local church, Jerusalem, is to first raise up a Zion, a Mount Zion in the local church. 
I say again, this is not the elite. We don't care for that. This is not a special class. Forget about this. But this is a part of the church who make a Nazarite vow to the Lord to be one with him, to stand on his side. These are the Levites who even killed the brothers after the golden calf. They stand with God's righteousness and holiness. Brothers, at least the leading brothers, at least the responsible and serving brothers, at least we should aspire to be those overcomers today in the local church where we are, at least. I believe there are sisters like that. There are older saints like this. There are some younger saints like this. I do not know. Whoever, he who overcomes, whoever will respond. Brothers, will we make this resolution? Will we be the overcomers? Otherwise, otherwise we can serve and do this and do that. And I'm not so sure your church will have a peak. Brother Lee say it will be just weak churches, flat tire, year after year after year. That is not the Lord's recovery. And what do we do? The first thing that we do as a collective unit of overcomers. I say again, not just brothers, but sisters, young and old, those who have the heart, even those who are in different stages of their growth, but specifically those who are of age, those who are formed into an army, those who have a measure of life or growth in life but especially those who are absolute. In their heart, they're all full-time. You know, I was just thinking about Hannah, you know, Hannah, right? This weekend, I'm going to give a conference to the sisters in Dallas-Fort Worth. I'm going to speak on Hannah. And it occurred to me, we always say Hannah's prayer, Hannah's prayer, right? I look at it again. That was more than a prayer. It was a prayer. Actually, it is more fitting to say Hannah's vow. That whole prayer is a short prayer. Three verses. It's a vow. And it's a vow not even for herself. It, is, it was, but eventually for her man-child. Brothers, We need more than even an aspiration to overcome. We need to make a vow, a resolution in these days. Brothers, I'm that serious about these days. This, this, we cannot pass through these days and still be about the same. 
the Lord needs to gain a new vow from every one of us. A vow of an overcomer. So I would say that is the first thing. Perhaps the first thing is, is in fact, to make a vow. I don't think I'm too much. It starts there. Because without a vow, there's no commitment. The Nazarite vow is a side door, a back door. So that even if you are not legitimate by blood, part of the house of Aaron to be a priest, God prepare a side door. But you cannot come in the door and leave from that door again. Once you come in, there's no going out. Brothers, brothers, all these decades in the Lord's recovery, that's how we came through to this day. We came in, and there's no going out. No going out. We have to just go on. Come forward. Those Hebrews who will come forward, they become the real river crossers. They're the overcomers. Overcoming the old covenant, overcoming the law, overcoming Judaism, overcoming religion, to come forward to the Holy of Holies, into the new covenant, into grace. And it says in Hebrews, describing such a situation, such a situation, in Hebrews, let me let me see. I, I think it's in chapter 13 or something like that. It talks about we've come forward to Mount Zion and to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, so on and so forth, the church of the firstborn. So here it is talking about the reality of all these terms. Brothers, it is real. What I'm talking about here is real. The world is just spinning. Where is it going, the world? There's a mess. No one can fix it. The future is not there. We have to pray for this country. We have to pray for the election. We have to pray for the right leaders. We have to pray very much. And the co-workers just agree that after the 60 days with unceasinglypray.org, we will have use a new website called beseeching.org. You might have heard it. Beseeching.org. We will use this just for North America. And we have prayer items, prayer burdens about North America, about this country. We're going to pray in detail for this country. So, brothers, number one is to make this vow, make this resolution. 
as Brother Lee charged us to do. He asked the question, will you be vitalized? The song says, who will be the overcomer? Same question. Will you make this choice? Christ is calling. Christ is calling. Listen to his voice. The second thing, brothers, I feel these days we can start practicing the life of an overcomer is again the matter of prayer. So tonight I drift back to this burden of prayer. I thank you. I thank all the brothers up in NorCal to set up the Tuesday night so we can have some talks on prayer. Talks on prayer. This is to help us to cultivate the genuine life of prayer and not just praying in the periphery, thinking we're praying, but actually we're not really praying. To really enter into the genuine intercession that Christ needs on the earth today. Let us enter into it, shall we, brothers? Let us pray more these days. You, you will see, I believe many of us, our prayer muscles in these 60 days have grown. Mine has. But not as a miracle, because every day I do it. I'm doing more. More times on, on my knees. More times with the Lord. More time with the brothers to pray. Revival comes through prayer. Vitalization comes through prayer. The Lord's recovery will go on because we pray. This country needs prayer. The leadership needs prayer. The people needs prayer. We need to pray for state by state. We need to pray for not even just the president, but the governors. We, pray, we need to pray for the economy. We need to pray for the society. We pray, need to pray for so many things. Not because we're patriotic, but because we see the strategic significance of this country in the Lord's move today. I analyze these things, brothers. I'm an observer. Brothers, I hope we can do these two things these days. And I would say there's a number three. Number three, not only we ourselves as a group, actually all the leading and responsible ones should pray much these days through Zoom, through whatever. You, you don't need to have just one week, weekly elders meeting. You can. But how about prayer? It need not be once a week. It can be daily. Is that too much? Is that really too much for the leading brothers to pray every day? I would that all men would lift up their holy hands and pray. 
without wrath or reasoning. Again, the footnote, Brother Lee say, these properly refer to the leading brothers in the local church. Praying all the time. Brothers, we ourselves ought to do this. Don't wait. Don't, don't just not do this. Now is the time. And the third thing I want to say is to help the saints to do likewise. I mentioned two books I also like to recommend to you besides the um, the book on the training and practice of the vital groups. Um, this is on Jerusalem and Zion. And actually there's another book called uh, Practical Points Concerning Blending. Practical Points Concerning Blending, where he spoke about this matter of Jerusalem and Zion and their relationship. But on the matter of prayer, I'd like to recommend, number one, those the ministry magazine, the outlines, the Holy Word for Morning Revival for 2012 Thanksgiving on prayer and God's move. Prayer and God's move. Even the Holy Word for Morning Revival, we in Irvine, we are getting back into that right now. Oh, the light, the, in light of the present situation, the, the, the inspiration, the burden. I told the co-workers, I said, this recent Memorial Day conference, six messages, need to be matched and complemented by those six messages from 2012 because the 2012 messages are on the golden incense altar, which we know is what activates. Talk about the center of the circumference. Brother Lee say the golden incense altar is the center of the tabernacle while the ark is the focus. So the overcomer should be at the incense altar, the center to activate everything in the tabernacle, Jerusalem, the whole tabernacle. Brothers, help the saints to pray. Um, So that is one. The other book that would be very helpful is The God-Man Living on the Lord Jesus earthly ministry where in that book at the last part, Brother Lee almost exclusively focused on the matter of prayer, the prayer of the God-man. How he went up to the mountain, left the disciples alone with the Father all day so that he could be one with the Father. That's the God-man living. Brothers, um, help the saints to pray. We call on the name of the Lord. We pray, read his word. All these are indispensable practice. But all this, brothers, eventually is so that we can pray. We call on the Lord so we can pray. 
We pray, read the word so that we can pray. Using the word as the sword of the spirit. Brothers, if there would be a group of men and women, a Zion today on the earth in the recovery, praying this way. Maybe in the whole recovery, just will, there will be just a few thousand praying in this way. Brothers, brothers, something will happen. Something will happen. So I call on the watchman prayer, the prayer that will, the watchman that will not give God any rest. For the work of his hands, for his sons, to make Jerusalem ultimately a praise on the earth, and that would be Zion. There would be watchmen on the wall praying unceasingly. Church in Taiwan, the brothers there, I can tell you, Brother Ling Hong, now that Brother Paul Wu has gone on, um, Brother Ling Hong and the other co workers wrote to some of us and say, Brother, since these 60 days of prayer, we in Taiwan feel we have to got to continue. We cannot stop. So they're, they're leading the churches in Taiwan to continue this prayer. And in their words, until the Lord comes back. They're resolved to pray the watchman prayer. I am so inspired by them. And I hope in America, we will follow suit with the same kind of burden. So I think uh, this is uh, 8.45. I pretty much have released my burden. I think I do need more time like this somehow to uh, say more about the building of the church, the criticality of Zion in the Jerusalem. How to build up the Zion in the Jerusalem church life that will make your church stand up and not flat. There's a pneumatized inner part, inner portion of the church that will cause the church to ascend. <clears throat> 